Welcome to Solo BG, your podcast for solo and cooperative board games. Here you will find everything you need to know about your favorite and most recent games. Art, rules, gameplays and interviews. Here is your host, Derek Rodriguez. Hi, welcome to Solo BG. My name is Derek and we are here in another episode. A very fun one, very interesting one, and very special one because we have a great, amazing, very talented guest that I'm pretty sure all of you amazing listeners and friends know about him. I'm pretty sure you know about him. But before we introduce him, I'm also with my friend, the King of Magicians, Mr. Caleb Wiles. How are you, Mr. Caleb? I'm very good. How are you? Doing amazing. And with Mr. Jonathan, the King of the Cooperative Games, we're going to call it. Yeah. <laughs> all righty. And well, now I guess... It's time to introduce uh, our guest for tonight. Like I said, I'm pretty sure you know him, guys. You have seen him in conventions. You see him pre pretty much every day, at least his name on your game rooms, uh, on the every tutorial videos are you watching all around those amazing YouTube uh, tutorial channels. You always uh, hear him mention, everybody mentioning his name. And well, I guess without anything else to say, learn that he's a very talented and a great uh, designer here with us is Mr. Corey Kaniska. Mr. Corey Kaniska, I hope I mentioned your last name correctly because sometimes between my Spanish and my English is hard, but welcome to the show. How are you tonight? Good, good. Thank you. I think you talked me up so high, I'm not going to be able to reach uh, yeah, those yeah. expectations for you no no you uh, believe me i'm pretty sure we have uh, your name a couple of times in our game rooms with such an amazing game that you have designed so thank you so much for being in the show and you know i guess if by any chance you know for or even for our friends that they already know you mr Corey, uh can you talk us you know you know a bit of, a little bit about yourself how do you start in this hobby and then how do you start as a designer sure yeah i mean i've been playing games as long as I can remember. I remember having family game nights when I was just a kid playing with my brothers and my parents and uh and making games was always just kind of a hobby of mine. Even as a kid we would just like make up our own games. We would like I remember when Magic came out we made our own like CCG which was just like written on index cards and stuff like that. So it was always just kind of for fun. Okay. Um but then after I went to college Um, I was working as a graphic designer, and um, I started getting into some of the, the deeper hobby board games. Uh, I picked up Twilight Imperium 3rd Edition from Fantasy Flight, and I was like, whoa, this game's awesome. Like, it was so deep and so intricate and involved, and, and I love sci-fi stuff. Um, okay. And it really kind of opened my eyes up to this this bigger world. And um, yeah. just visiting their website, I saw that they were... Uh, looking to hire a game designer and I'm like hey I do that for fun I, I could maybe do that for a job so I yeah. applied and uh, I flew out to Minnesota and got an interview and uh, 13 years later here I am still doing it oh that's great I mean that's that's great I'm pretty sure like there's a lot of our our uh, listeners they are friends and even even now that would like to do you know we try to do some time game designing little baby things, you know, but it's, I'm, I mean, it's, it's very complex and, you know, you're very talented with what you do, because like I said, I'm pretty sure we all play a lot of your games and they're all very, very 
uh, unique and very different to each other. And that's that's a very good quality. So, Mr. Caleb, go ahead, please. Don't be shy. Yeah, I'm always curious just whenever I talk to any gamer, especially a designer, uh, just to learn a little bit about your background as far as your interests in specific games. So it doesn't have to be a, a specific top three or top ten or whatever, but could you give us an idea of some of your favorite games or maybe favorite genre of games that you play? Sure. Um, I generally like very thematic games. However, uh, I'll play just about anything. I mean, my favorite game growing up, this is going to maybe be surprising, was actually Acquire. Oh, like, okay. My parents had like an original edition of Acquire, and like whenever we would have a family game night, I'd ask if we could play that game. But it's like a very, it's a very mathy game, right? It's about like turning in shares for different amounts of money and like it seems like it would be dry but it's just a really well-designed game and and so that's kind of got a special place in my heart when people ask like what's your favorite game of all time i'm like well that that one just because it uh because it's a game that's been with me my whole life but i mean growing up with games like that and games like hero quest i'm sure that's gonna be recognizable to a lot of people kind of in the that, that got not, into it, games in the 90s. It's funny that you mentioned the Hero Quest because, you know, when, when I'm, you know, on the Facebook groups and the solo board gamers especially, um, a lot of, I have never tried Hero Quest. I'm going to be totally honest with you. Okay. Uh, but but everybody, you know, it's like the, like, I guess the grail, I guess that's they would say, like the holy grail of the, of the I guess the role-playing games or the dungeon crawling games, I guess, back in the day. Because if you go to eBay or to any, any you know, online uh, store, you will find the game for, you know, not cheap, like probably for 200 or 300 bucks, yeah, depends on, yeah. the, on the, you know, the quality of the components and everything. But I guess it, it was like the holy grail for, for, you know, for a lot of designers and for a lot of gamers. And I'm sure if I went back and played it like nowadays, I think my brothers got my copy or the copy we had as a kid. Um, okay. it, it probably doesn't hold up as well, but at the time it was like, all there was and it kind of opened our minds up to like hey there's games beyond like monopoly and like checkers and stuff like yeah. that <laughs> yeah 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 because you know a funny funny fun fact like i was talking to an, a, a person on my work to, today and i was uh telling him about you know i play board games and all this stuff and he was like oh okay so which one is your favorite board game and when i mentioned well you know one of them is eldritch horror they were like, well, I don't know what you're talking about, but I thought you were going to say Monopoly or something. I was like, no, 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 those, <laughs> kind, no those kinds of games. Mr. Jonathan, your turn. Don't be shy. Well, before I get to a question, um, I just wanted to give you a little background about us, Corey. So um, the way we actually all came together was with one of your games. Um, we were at a release event for the second set of Star Wars Destiny. Oh, nice. There were two guys that were just playing there, and I was opening my box of, uh, <laughs> I remember that, day, yeah. of that set. And I'm like, okay, well, I'll go play with them. And then we... Uh, well, now we're here. So. Yeah, <laughs> that's all your fault. Awesome. It's all your fault, Corey. You're you're you you're the you know the reason why this podcast starts. So it's all if if it's do good or bad, it's because of you, Corey. Yeah, <laughs> put that all on my shoulders. Yeah, <laughs> I think uh, I mean I'm really proud of, of Star Wars Destiny. Uh, Lucas Litzinger, like the co-designer of it, he did a fantastic job um, just bringing it all together and turning just some some ideas into the great game that it is today. So that's super cool that you guys got into it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, we like, and now we need to be honest, we're not into it anymore. Uh, just because, uh, it felt too, uh, overwhelming at this, at some point with us, because we, we start to get more games and more games and more games and we still have our decks and dice and everything, but we hadn't had a chance to 
bring it back to the table in what probably like uh, four or five months now. Uh, but yeah, it's a it's a very good game, very different to to any other, uh, you know, I guess life is those are the kind of the life uh card gaming right or the collectible yeah, card yeah, game. That's, collectible. that's, that's collectible. a collectible card game yeah yeah for me i think we all love it it's just one of those things where now we have three so <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of like that's, waiting for the other two guys to we, play we so. need to we need to do the, the three-player variant or something <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay jonathan you were talking um, i'm sorry but anyway so a question i had so um you know you said you like to play games that are very thematic is there any like license or theme that that you haven't worked on that you know if you had like a, a dream um, you know, a theme that you could pick for a game or a certain license? Is there is there one that you'd be dying to do at this point? Um, it's a good question. If you had asked me that like six or seven years ago, I probably would have said Star Wars, um, but then that ended up happening. <laughs> um, but like, I feel like personally I'm at a state in my career where I've got to like deal with so many different licenses that... Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't feel like a, a huge urge to like delve into somebody else's world. Like I'll still, if the opportunity comes up to like work on a license that is a, that is interesting to me or, or just kind of sparks my imagination somehow, like I'll probably say yes, but um, I don't like have this craving for like, Oh gosh, if I could only do a game based on, well, uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. I can't even think of hey, it. Right. Well, I I need a Back to the Future game, and I need a James Bond game. So if you are <laughs> in any of that, you will, I mean, even if you just want to sell a copy for me, like a homemade thing, I will definitely buy it. I would rather spend like the 200 or 200 bucks on your James Bond game than go for the Hero Quest, honestly. So if you, okay. if you can make it for me, I will, I will get it. Is there, there a particular game that you guys see that, or a genre or a license that hasn't been uh, touched? There is James? a Back to the Future game, but... Yeah, but it's, I mean, well, it's it's a Back to the Future game, yeah. But, uh, I mean, me personally, being a James Bond fan, I mean, other, you know, when I Google about James Bond board games, there's always, like, the trivias and all that stuff, like, from the DVDs. But I've been, I've been, I've been expecting a James Bond game, you know, for now quite a long time. I would love, even like we mentioned, Back to the Future, I would love to see a Back to the Future game more, like, immersed, I guess, on the, on the theme of course, if we go to another uh, licenses, I, I guess it's harder. But for example, The Legend of Zelda. I remember there was a board yeah. game back in the days, but it was a very, very bad board game. Um, so, but I don't know also how hard it is for the companies or the publishers at this point to get a license, especially when it's from Nintendo or even from other video gaming uh, franchises. You know, I don't know. I don't think it's very easy. Yeah, yeah. There were a couple of Nintendo games a few years ago. But um, yeah, I'd make a Zelda game. That would be cool. Yeah. So are, are you going to make it or what? <laughs> yeah, it's it's just like that. You just snap your fingers yeah, and it yeah. happens. Yeah. yeah, or a Batman, you know, Batman is always cool too. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but we need a good one. <laughs> now I'm like, no, the one that uh, Richard Lane has made is very good. Yeah. That's a very good game, minis. yeah. I already painted the minis and it looks more more good now. So, so Corey, since we're talking about inspirations and uh, board game design, I know this is a question people get asked a lot if you're a designer, and it may not have a straight answer, but do you have a way, uh, maybe historically, that's brought you to an idea, how you've been inspired? Do you start with, you know, an idea, then find a theme, or does a theme come first? Um, so working for FFG, the way that, that a lot of the games that I've worked at on have come from is we've got a particular license or we've got a particular game that... Um, 
that the owner like wants wants us to make. He's like, hey, we've got the StarCraft license. And I'm like, hey, I love StarCraft. He's like, okay, cool. Um, you could work on it. Or, or <laughs> we've got Battlestar Galactica, or we've got, um, we're making a World of Warcraft game or whatever. And so yeah. a lot of times the, the idea for um, the game didn't necessarily come from me being um, like the one to start it, the one to like be inspired by, hey, we really need to make this. Um, there have been a couple of games that I worked on that did come out that way. Um, the first edition of Mansion of the Madness, uh, I, I had always wanted to make like a uh, kind of uh, a, a mystery game set in a haunted house. And we had Arkham Horror being like one of the big FFG brands. Um, yep. I kind of pitched my boss the idea of like, well, what if we did something like this? And at the time he was, uh, he was starting some R&D on these, uh, these figures for the Arkham Horror line, like the investigator figures. And he's like, hey, yeah, we're planning on doing this. So maybe we can kind of mash those two things together. And so that kind of kind of came out of that discussion. Um, I want to say that the um, the Rune Age um, deck building game was mm-hmm. an, an idea that I had. I uh, remember remember back in the day when deck building games were like the big fad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'd played a lot of them, and and the one kind of critique I had was that they were always about building this engine for the sake of building the engine and getting as many points in it. There, yeah. they weren't. Um, a game that had like a separate objective per se. And so I kind of had this idea that like, well, what if we made a deck building game where there were different objectives? And so Rune Age um, is a, it's a deck building card game set in our, our Runebound universe where um, you can choose which scenario you want to play. And yeah. there's like a cooperative scenario where you can all play together. Or you can even play that one solo. Um, there's uh, head-to-head ones, there's team ones. So it's it's more of, you're building your deck to try to accomplish a goal as opposed to just like collecting points. Um, yeah. that, that was kind of where that just came from. Okay. So before, before we continue, I guess this will be a great time for all of you friends and even for us. And correct me if I'm wrong, Mr. Corey. Uh, but we're going to mention all the games that we have here in a database in the solo BG podcast database, <laughs> computer enter, um, of all chronological order of your releases. Okay. Or okay. your participation in games. So it goes back, like you say, 13 years ago. It goes back more or less to 2006. And yeah, the first sounds... one is uh, Warrior Knights. And that one you collaborated with Derek Carver, Pierre Klecken, hopefully I'm saying it correctly, and Bruno Faiduri. And then in 2007, uh, StarCraft, the board game. Then on the 7, again, Tide of Iron. And then on 8, Battle Star Galactica, the board game. 2010, Rune Wars. 2010, one of our favorites, Caleb, the Space Hulk, the Dead Angel, the card game. Yeah, sorry, sorry for my expression, but it's hard as shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, 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 it's a great game, and, and we will have probably a questions about this game in a little bit. Let, let me just continue. Um, also, Ron H., you were talking about that. Years of War, the mythical Geoffs of War, the board game. I've been wanting, you have no idea how bad I've been wanting to try that game, and I haven't had a chance yet. Uh, Descent, Journeys in the Dark, second edition, also with Daniel Clark, our friend Adam Sadler, and Kevin Wilson. And then one of my favorites, too, Star Wars, the X-Wing miniature game. Um, we also have a story on that, Caleb, also, you know, it's, it brings yeah. memories from you and I starting a friendship. Um, <laughs> X-Wing, the board game. 
Uh, so for the then, record, um, a lot yeah. of these, uh, about half of these games were ones that I was uh, not, not necessarily like the lead designer on. Like X-Wing, for example, I think I, I like designed some ships and did play testing, but like that game is designed by, uh, by Jay Little. So, Okay, Jason Little, yeah. All righty. Uh, and also it says here on our database, you know, our database sometimes goes a little bit wacky. Um, it's uh, Stephen Kimball, uh, Jason Little, like you mentioned, James Niffen, and Brady and Adam Sadler. And then one of my favorites in my wife favorites too, also Eldritch Horror in 2013. 2014, another one of my favorite, um, uh, Star Wars Imperial Assault, 15 for Forbidden Stars, uh, 16 Star Wars Rebellion, 16 Destiny, 17 Twilight Imperium. And that's what I have from your uh, background as a game designer on our solo BG podcast database. Uh, there's also, uh, uh, yeah, the, all, all that were games that I was at least involved in, some of which I was the lead design on, some of which um, <laughs> lesser so. Um, there was also Discover Lands Unknown, which came out last year, Yeah. Um, which is a solo cooperative survival game. Okay. Yeah, I actually was going to mention that, yeah, but you steal it from me. That's good, Mr. Corey. One point for you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mr. Caleb, go for it. Now, after we, we, we confirm that SoloBG database is correct. <laughs> <laughs> Verify. So, Verify, yeah. So we focus uh, a lot on this podcast about solo games, uh, cooperative games, uh, but generally ones that at least have a solo component. Uh, I, I am curious, are, are you a person, it sounds like you're very busy with a lot of iron in the fire, but do you get time to play solo games? And if so, what are your favorites? Um, I don't get to play solo games too often. I, I very occasionally I do. Like I, I, um, I played Seventh Continent, which was a solo game. I'm sure you guys are familiar with that came out. I think last year or the year before. Um, but I, I generally play games with uh with my friends more so than than solo them but you'd be surprised how often i solo the games i'm working on <laughs> because yeah. a lot of the games <laughs> i work on are, are co-op games and it's really easy to test them by yourself mm -hmm. and wrangle up a bunch of people to uh to try yeah. a bigger test yeah so another another question uh cory when you now, you were talking about designing process and all this stuff about licenses a little bit ago um, when I'm curious about it, so when you're gonna design a game, um, just for you know, we have a lot of friends and that they want to design. Even us, you know, sometimes for fun we try to design. Your advice for any designer out there would be like, when you start, you you need to start with a theme that you like, and then you start to develop the game, or do something like very neutral without any theme, and then whatever theme comes after, you apply it. What would what would be your your advice to all of those designers outside? Um. I feel like the two go hand in hand. Like if you're, if you're trying to design just mechanics and throw a theme on it later, um, sure, you can design a game. They, they wouldn't be the type of game that I'd usually be really excited to play. Um, sometimes you can, you can see it pasted on theme as, oh, yeah, this is a game that's about just the mechanics. And then they made up a theme to put on afterwards. Um, I, I usually develop both in tandem. Or if it's a, a licensed game, then I draw very heavily from the IP as, as I'm working on it. I remember uh, for Battlestar Galactica, the board game, for example, um, there's all these crises cards that they're the different things that we have to deal with as a, as a group. And 
the way that we made those was we honestly went through every episode like one by one and took notes on what terrible things happened. Ooh, yeah, they ran out of fuel this time. Oh, their water was sabotaged. Oh, they were attacked. And we just made like a giant list of everything that happened to them and what episode it came from. And that was kind of like our our starting point of like, here's here's different things that we could put in this game. How would we represent these? And let's make sure that the mechanics in the game can support all of these different things that could happen. Sure. Okay. So um, the the other thing that I have a question for you is that, you know, uh, uh, like Manchester Madness, let's say, right? Uh, It's a great game. Uh, and it's, it has, you know, the, the help of the app, you know, you know, that help you as I guess I always take it like from the point of view, like the, the DM or the dungeon master that it will guide you what to do, uh, what to spawn and all that stuff. How, how you decide when you're gonna decide when you're gonna design a game, do you decide since the beginning, well, I'm, I'm planning to have an app as a support or when, when that came to play in the designment process? Sure. So, um, it depends upon the game for Manchester Madness, second edition, um, that was kind of based on the fact that we made the first edition of the game and the biggest problem with it was the fact that one person had to be um the keeper which is basically like the dungeon master and they were um they were an adversary and so it's kind of a weird like role where they were supposed to be your adversary but it's more fun if they're not your adversary um and i'm not sure who exactly came with the idea because we're working on um we were working on Road to Legend, which was an app that turned our Descent game into a cooperative game. Okay. Um, and Nikki Valens um, was really excited about taking that same technology and applying that to Mansion Madness, okay. knowing that all the all the issues that Mansion Madness first edition had could be solved with an app. And she also um, had a, a programming background and so it was a good fit for her to work on and she had yeah. worked on elder Torah with me and she was really into lovecraft stuff and so um that was kind of born from that soup <laughs> there yeah. now you were asking us in in at, at the beginning of the episode you know about our favorite license and which license we will like we will like to see in a board game now uh, we are intrigued like which do you have any particular license right now or any uh, you know any theme that you haven't designed any game about that you will, as a personal goal, you would like to design it at some point? I don't know. I feel like, uh, I feel like I've already designed kind of my, the, the, the Holy grail of licenses to me was always star Wars. And I got to design a couple of those. And so uh-huh. I feel like I kind of got out of my system. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I mean, I, I love all sorts of different things. I'm sure there are plenty of other licenses I would enjoy working on, but at the okay. moment I'm not like itching to, to dive into a particular license. Um, so, you know, we've talked about, you know, the games that you've been doing and, you know, it's been a 13 year journey so far. Um, do you have any desires to pursue any um, like different roles, you know, either with FFG or um, just in general, or do you think you'll just continue designing, um, you know, for a long time? Um, from here on out, or do you see yourself like moving in, in different directions within the board game industry at all? Sure, that's a fair question. I mean, I've done I've done a lot of things at FFG. Uh, right now, I'm I'm the executive game designer there, so I only spend about half of my time these days designing games, and I spend the other half of the time kind of um, working with the other designers, kind of playing their games, giving feedback, 
um, kind of coaching them on, on what um, FFG as a company is trying to get out of their games and um, approving their visions and their, and their mechanics and those sorts of things. So um, what I do now is, is very different than what I did when I started FFG. And that being said, um, design to me is just kind of like in my blood. It's, it's something that I can't turn off. My brain yeah. is always thinking like, ooh, there's a game there. Oh, there's this, here's a really interesting mechanic that I haven't seen in the game before. And I've got okay. just like notebooks and notes on my phone of just like collections of, of ideas that just come to me in the middle of the night um, <laughs> that I eventually <laughs> want to incorporate into something. So I don't yeah. think there's a world where I would ever stop designing games. Okay. <laughs> and, and 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 even even if you mention like the the licenses you know that you already did the ones that you like you like the most like we talk about them what would be from all the games that we mentioned from all the games that we mentioned what would be your favorite let's say that you are meeting some people some i mean of course not business friends you're meeting new friends and you want to introduce you want to uh, show them your best work like the one that you're really really proud of it which one would be hmm Uh, I feel like Battlestar Galactica is probably kind of my magnum opus. <laughs> okay. It's probably my my my. Is your baby? It's it's one of my most highly reviewed games. Um, okay. It's probably the one that I feel like was my first big hit in a way. Um, okay. And it's a game that, like, if someone asked me to play, I would still play today. Um, okay. So, <laughs> yeah, that would be very Star Galactica then. All righty. So, Mr. Corey, we really appreciate for you to be with us in tonight in the show in Solo BG Podcast. I hope when, you know, I'm pretty sure we're going to be keep uh, seeing a lot of your board, new board games in the future. And we will be more than happy to talk to you again about those specifically board games. To, tonight, we wanted to do the first part of Corey Kanishka like with, <laughs> with other designers, like, you know, you, for, for our friends and the show and you to interact a little bit. And then hopefully in the future, we can do uh, episodes just about one game as, as they are getting released from yeah. Fantasy Flight Games. And, you know, thank you so much for being with us tonight. Awesome. Yeah, no problem. I'd love to do that. Um, keep in touch and thanks for having me on the show. No, thank you so much. And thank you for, for all the funs and joys that you bring, like, You know, I will say, I will say like Marie Kondo, like this doesn't bring you any joy. This brings you any joy. Well, Harley, Carly, anything from Corey Kaneshka won't, won't bring me any joy. You know, even, even if I'm playing solo, I'm a big solo player. So I, I, I really enjoy all the uh, immersive uh, and the challenging games. And you're very good at that. I always joke about it with you guys. Like I, I like games where I can die and that it need to be very hard. And I love, I mean, Corey Kaneshka, I think, He does a great job. Even with Dead Angel, like we were talking, it's an, an old game now, probably, uh, uh, what, eight years old, kind of? Yeah, at least. At least, yeah. And it's still very hard. Yeah. <laughs> it can end up quick. So, Corey, thank you so much for being with us. Caleb, do you want to say your goodbyes? Don't be shy. Yeah, Come on. <laughs> yeah. Thanks a lot, Corey, for your time. It was great uh, meeting you and look forward to seeing you soon. And hopefully, awesome. if you're at GenCon, we'll hopefully see you there. Yeah. Yeah. I'll be Actually, that's time. that's a good thing, Corey. Where where are you going to be on on this year? Which conventions are you going to be? Um, the I usually go to Gen Con. 
um, and okay. I don't often hit many other conventions. Okay. I usually stay at the home fort to make more games. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, that, that's a very good excuse. Anyway, uh, we're at home base here in Indianapolis, um, and we will uh, very highly likely we'll see you. We're looking forward to see you at the Gen Con and probably, you know, take some pictures with you and everything and if you want to sell selfies well that can be in charge of charging to all of you guys whoever wants to <laughs> selfie with Corey we can do the group photo with us and you know like in the big convention <laughs> oh boy right, anyway. well thank you so much Mr. Corey for being with us and for all of you friends uh, remember follow us on Twitter Facebook and Instagram and before I forget Corey do you want to give your uh, do you have any social media for our friends over there to follow your to follow you and your projects um You, you can follow FFG's Fantasy Flight Games on Twitter okay. or, or on Facebook. I mean, I technically have my own Twitter account, but okay. I only retweet stuff from uh, from FFG most of the time. So okay, so just uh, it's at it's at FFG I think on Twitter because that's how I I, I share their post. And for all of you friends, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Solo BG Podcast. And thank you so much for listening. And like always, remember for victory. Go tell your friends. See you through the speaker and at the tabletop.